loving sairam and greetings from prashanti nilayam for quite some time i have been thinking about revisiting the famous vahini series of books written by swami decades ago in the early years when books on swami were very few people took eagerly to those written by swami himself and as a result the vahini series became quite popular however as the years rolled by books written by devotees began to appear in large numbers and since these books invariably contained the ever popular experiences slowly devotees began to forget the vahinis and soon there came a time when people did not even know that such books like vahinis existed over here in prashanti nilayam and in the other campuses of swami's university we made sure that at least our students did not suffer through such ignorance this we ensured by anchoring the so called awareness classes for the undergraduates to the various vaginis of bhagwan but where the wide world was concerned the ignorance about the vaginis not only persisted but in fact has grown to astronomical proportions very sad i am personally concerned about this unfortunate development because when people sideline the direct teachings of the avatar even when the avatar is physically amidst us then it's something pretty serious what i find even more disturbing is the growing belief that the teachings of swami need not be taken seriously except those teachings that are convenient to us particularly where dharma is concerned this coolness is quite alarming i often check with people about what they feel concerning corruption a problem that afflicts not only this country massively but many other parts of the world as well almost always the response i get is very depressing some especially the young say listen this is a different day and age corruption is here to stay we just cannot do anything about it there's no point in wasting time trying to fight corruption learn to live with it that's much simpler we also get mail along similar lines from devotees working in big companies they write in our company we call it speed money money paid for services rendered in business such things are required you know so the feeling about corruption seems to be if you cannot fight it ignore it uh, this is very dangerous and is what is called the slippery slope first you shrug off paying bribes even though you do not like it one bit then you try to legitimize it with all kinds of arguments like a quote just now in many cases where direct corruption is not involved but some kind of unethical action nevertheless is involved powerful lobbies try to see if money power can be used to get legislation passed 
so that illegitimate and immoral activities get legal sanction. If you look carefully at many of the issues connected with intellectual property, patents and even international trade, you will find among the many laws that have been created, there is an amazing and blatant one-sidedness. I do not want to get embroiled in a debate on all these kind of issues, but this much I shall and will say, no matter what, we simply cannot afford to be a party to the violation of dharma, indeed under any circumstances. This of course is likely to raise hackles and that is precisely why I wish to bring in the Vahini series. Through the present series of broadcasts, I wish to recall in hopefully simple language to listeners both young and old some of the things Swami wrote and spoke passionately about in former years. Maybe at this juncture I should say a few words introducing the Vahini series itself. Soon after the present mandir was established, and that happened in 1950 if you recall, devotees started coming here in larger and larger numbers. At that time, Swami founded the Sanatan Sardi. For decades, the Sanatana Sardi was the lifeline and the umbilical cord for devotees to get spiritual nourishment once they left this place. Apart from a presentation of divine discourses in print form, an activity that continues to form the core of Sanatana Sardi to this day, Swami, in response to numerous requests, including from late Mr. Kasturi, started writing articles on specific themes like dharma, prema and so forth. In due course, these individual articles were compiled and packaged into books and that is how the Vahini series came into existence. Naturally, the original text of each and every one of these books was in Telugu. It was left to Kasturi Garu to translate these into English so that these wonderful books became accessible to a much larger audience, especially international. It is pertinent to quote Kasturi himself at this point. This is what he says in the preface to the volume Dharma Vahini and I quote This little book contains the articles written by Bhagwan Sri Satyasai Baba in the series Dharma Vahini for the Sanatana Sarati, the monthly journal published from Prasantinelium. They are given here in English, but it must be said that the original Telugu is simpler and sweeter. It is difficult to express in English the fundamental ideas of Indian culture, for English is strange to the translator and perhaps also to many a reader. Moreover, the English vocabulary does not offer satisfactory equivalents to many words that form the common currency of Indian languages. It is the authentic voice of the divine phenomena that is setting right the moral codes and behavior of millions of men and women today. Baba's love and wisdom know 
no bounds his grace knows no obstacle he is no hard taskmaster his solicitude for our welfare and real progress is overwhelming may this book reveal to you the mother's love which has made baba write it the father's authority which backs every junction therein the teacher's illumination that lights up every statement and the lord's sublime universality that invites you to expand your personality into a great instrument of service that is the end of quote from kasturi's preface to dharmavahini and that also concludes my general introduction let me now tell you what exactly i am planning to do in this broadcast series basically i am going to present a selection of passages from the book dharmavahini and from the copy of the book that i have i am not able to find out when exactly the first edition of this book was published but that's not important what is important is dharma is eternal god is eternal and when god in human form speaks about dharma we had better sit up and take serious notice that is what motivated me to doing this particular musing series now where dharma is concerned i can go to town since i feel so passionately about it however that is not my objective here let me make that clear rather i wish to bring to your notice what swami said in his classic dharma vayani as i mentioned earlier i am offering only select extracts i do hope listening to these broadcasts would induce at least some of you to go to the book itself and read the whole of it carefully as far as i am concerned i have selected a few passages that i personally feel are important and simply cannot be ignored clearly such a preferential selection does involve a bit of bias but then this way i have the flexibility of offering additional comments without making the entire exercise pretty heavy for today's audience i hope you would accept this rationale of mine well with that preamble let me go to work now all of us pray to swami we say swami please shower your grace on me swami smiles and says sure bangaru nothing would give me greater joy but you know there is something you must do to earn my grace what is that what is that we must do to earn swami's grace swami explains that right at the beginning of his book let me quote swami says quote man must dedicate himself to dharma and be engaged always in dharma so that he may live in peace and the world may enjoy peace man cannot acquire real peace nor can he win the grace of god through any means other than the dharmic life end of quote well there it is and i hope you get the message what does the message say it says to be eligible for divine grace we must all follow dharma you might wonder what is this dharma this man is talking about how does he know that i am not already following dharma good question 
In answer to the second question, let me say, I honestly do not know who is following Dharma and who is not. All I am trying to do is to bring to your notice what Swami wrote a long time ago. Sure, I am not yet explained what precisely Swami means by the word Dharma. But then, that is what this series of broadcasts is all about. So hold on for a minute, would you please? Let us now get back to the basic question which is, what exactly is meant by Dharma? For that, we turn to Swami himself. And I quote, Dharma is the foundation for the welfare of humanity. It is the truth that is stable for all time. When Dharma fails to transmute human life, the world is affected by agony and fear and is also tormented by stormy revolutions. When the effulgence of Dharma fails to illumine human relationships, mankind is shrouded in the night of sorrow. End of quote. Let us try to digest what we have just heard. Swami says, Dharma is the very foundation of humanity. He adds that if this foundation becomes weak, the world becomes afflicted with agony and fear and is tormented by stormy revolutions. That last bit sounds familiar, does it not? I mean, if you look around, there are problems everywhere, in Asia, in the Middle East, in Africa, in Latin America, and even in Europe and North America. Wherever you look, there are all kinds of problems. So, we do have every reason to pause for a moment and ask, hey, could it be that the problems that humanity is facing today is in any way due to the observance of dharma becoming weak? That leads to a supplementary question. When does one say that the observance of dharma becomes weak? Swami himself gives the answer. He says that dharma appears to become weak when man fails to be inspired by it and changes life, tuning it to the nobler principles of existence. That is when dharma appears to lose its effulgence and people start saying, oh, the days of dharma are over. Let us pause and ponder a bit more. I shall start with rather ordinary circumstances. You know, I have had many people come to me and say, Sir, I want to stay here and do some service. I am no longer working and I have retired. My pension is meager and I cannot afford to live in Hyderabad, Bangalore or Madras. Those cities are too expensive. Over here in Prashanti Nilayam, life is still manageable and added to that one can be in Swami's presence and have his darshan daily. While living here and having his darshan, I also want to be of some use. Please, can you fit me into some kind of a service activity here in your studio? As I am expected to do, I ask the gentleman concerned, Sir, but you must be having a family, sons and daughters. Don't you want to be with them? When I ask this question, often a silence prevails and I quickly get the picture. In fact, many times when I ask such a question, 
the person i am speaking to breaks down and starts weeping like a child i am shocked while he says sir my sons are all in foreign countries and they do not even bother to see me they don't write to me and they don't even send me any money for sustenance i don't know what to do and i just listen shaking my head dear listener i am not making this up this phenomenon of parental neglect is quite common in fact it's almost a fact of current life i am sure the sons and daughters would have their own side of the story but i am not concerned with individual stories i am concerned with dharma and what swami has to say about it you know how many times has swami told youth in general and students in particular remember what the vedas say they say mother is god father is god take care of them in their old age that's what swami says recently the college boys staged a drama in soikalwant hall and this drama was centered around the mythological character shravan kumar and his immortal service to his blind parents the parents were old and of course being blind in addition this young boy had to take care of them all the time one day he goes out to fetch water and while doing so he gets killed the killing is done by an arrow shot carelessly by a hunter and who is that hunter none other than emperor dasaratha some of you may know that story and those who don't know well you can find out it would be an interesting exercise but today this is what i want to say about this drama watching this play swami was deeply moved these days you know swami is easily moved especially when he sees scenes of suffering and sacrifice when you watch swami from nearby you get the feeling that he is asking why is it that our young people and for that matter the old ones too are forgetting the basics of dharma i have seen this unexpressed concern on the face of swami many a time when his eyes dim this anguish and concern on the part of swami brings home to us the painful fact that dharma which once was taken for granted and regarded as a part of our moral genes so to speak has now been almost entirely forgotten what is even more alarming i find that many people especially the young tend to feel that dharma while nice to talk about will not work not in this day and age well listen now to what swami says about dharma and dharma vaini and the importance of dharma quote god is the embodiment of dharma his grace is won by dharma god is ever fostering dharma god is ever establishing dharma god is dharma itself in the scriptures of the various religions dharma is elaborated in the language familiar to the adherents the stream of dharmic activity should never run dry when it cool waters cease to flow disaster is certain end of quote that message is loud and clear we just cannot afford to forget the practice and sustenance of dharma 
for even a second because dharma is nothing but god himself a fact asserted by swami himself i know you are getting a bit impatient wondering why i don't explain what exactly dharma is so that you get a better idea of what it is that you are supposed to swear by well don't worry here it comes and i quote swami quote what is meant by dharma what is the essence of dharma can man common man lead a happy life and survive if he sticks to dharma these doubts confuse the mind of man naturally in the course of his life solving them is necessary even urgent as soon as the word dharma is mentioned the ordinary man takes it to mean the giving of arms feeding and providing lodging to pilgrims etc the adherence to one's traditional profession or craft law abiding nature the discrimination between right and wrong the pursuit of one's innate nature or the freaks of one's own mind the fruition of one's fondest desires and so on end of quote well that is what most of us think dharma means namely that it boils down essentially to giving charity giving arms and the usual righteous action in a limited practical sense all this is correct but you know something dharma means much more and i really mean that listen now again to what swami says in dharma vaini about all this quote whoever subdues his egoism whoever conquers his selfish desires whoever destroys his bestial feelings and impulses and gives up the natural tendency to regard the body as the self such a one is surely on the path of dharma this man knows that the goal of dharma is the merging of the wave in the sea end of quote the words we have just heard are very important and so let us try and digest them slowly the first thing we must learn is that for our actions to be truly righteous certain conditions must be fulfilled to start with there must be no trace of ego in the action performed no ego that's the starting point next there must not be any trace of selfishness either if we put these two things together it adds up to the following simple formula dharmic action is that which is free from body consciousness now of course for simple folks like us this may sound like replacing one confusion with another you might well ask and rightly so what's all this thing about body consciousness well if we pay careful attention to the many discourses of swami we would find that a good many of them revolve around the dangers of body consciousness and why we should avoid it meticulously many years ago speaking to students one day swami asked what's the purpose of life students tried many answers but swami kept on shaking his head as if to say no 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 that's not the correct answer after a while when everyone gave up swami looked around smiled and slowly said the purpose of life is simple from god you have come and to god you must return 
that is what you must be preoccupied with in life i'm sure you would be taken aback to hear that but that's what it is and this is where the entire issue of body consciousness comes into the picture you see we all think we are the body sure we have a body and the body is very important no question about that otherwise god would not have given it to us at the same time we must realize that the body has been given so that it can be an instrument to achieve the purpose of life as spelled out for us by swami in other words we should not think the body is given for pandering to it and to be used as an instrument for the pursuit of sensual pleasures etc such aberrations occur when we become obsessed with the body and give it far more importance than it merit if you are hearing all this for the first time and it's likely that many of you indeed are you might ask listen what's all this about body consciousness what else is there life is all about the body is it not so it might seem to us but those who know better say we are not the body we are something else you might possibly not buy that but let me tell you that exactly is what krishna told arjuna 5000 years ago krishna said arjuna you are not the body but the eternal atma or the universal self the body is just a kind of dress worn by the atma for the purpose of playing a role in the cosmic drama of god that also is what swami reminds us of again and again he adds that we should realizing that we are the immortal atma act accordingly in turn this implies that while going through life we must constantly strive to give up excessive attachment to the body because such attachment would get us too much tied to the external world with that rather long background i guess you would be able to appreciate the quote that i now offer quote the aim of dharma is to make the individual give up the attachment to the external nature and the illusion that the external world causes dharma must make the individual realize his or her true reality or rather unrealize what the individual has now taken as real so that the life principle may stand revealed in its genuine identity end of quote i'm sure that quote appears rather difficult to understand i agree it requires detailed explanation and maybe i shall postpone that explanation to a later broadcast because it has to be detailed meanwhile before i wind up let me make the following remarks by way of recalling some of the points i made earlier one the human being is really the atma but with a dress called the human body along with which by the way comes the all important human mind two god gives us the opportunity of birth in human form not for frittering away life but for spending life such that we merge once and for all in god the simple rule is 
from god we have come and to god we must return remember that's what swami says the purpose of life is three if we accept that statement about the purpose of life it immediately follows that every action of ours on earth must be tuned towards moving in the godward direction not in the opposite direction four for moving in the godward direction we need a compass and dharma is that compass because it helps us to move in the right direction five although we have the compass called dharma we not only forget to look at it constantly but sometimes we even forget totally that there is a compass available to us which we are supposed to use constantly and when that forgetfulness sets in we get into deep trouble for sure 6 what is it that causes such dangerous forgetfulness in one word it is body consciousness in practical terms it means excessive preoccupation with the curios and fakes offered by the external world for example these days many people especially the young seem so preoccupied with telling all and sundry about themselves via one of the numerous websites created for this purpose they spend so much time sending text messages to each other checking emails and what not in the midst of all this do they spend even one minute thinking of god the true nature and the purpose of life i doubt it you might wonder so what's wrong about sending emails so what's wrong about putting all about oneself in my space or whatever it is well you may also argue that that nothing catastrophic could happen perhaps not at the level of one individual but if each and every one on planet earth becomes indifference to dharma in other words if indifference to dharma spreads to millions and billions then there can be trouble for all no question about it dear listener these are some of the things that swami said and wrote about 40 and odd years ago the book dharma vahini may be 40 years old but dharma the subject on which swami wrote is eternal and ever relevant in fact i would say mankind has never needed dharma so desperately as now and that is why i have ventured to offer this musing series so please do stay with us here in radio sai as we slowly navigate through this most precious of vahinis the dharma vahini of bhagwan baba Take care and may God be always with you. Jai Sai Ram.